You're listening to The Veteran's Voice, presented by USAA in partnership with Optum, Medicare Mentors, Colorado Computer Support, and the WireNet Home Services. Welcome to a very special edition of Veterans Voice. I'm Ted Robertson, and we are joined on this uh, celebration of Patriot Day, really kind of a kickoff to the month of September, right, Colonel McLaughlin? Absolutely. Colonel McLaughlin, Executive Director of Mount Carmel Veterans Service Center, and uh, his very, very special guest, Robert Irvine. Robert is a British Royal Navy and Royal Marine, so he's a veteran, has the Robert Irvine Foundation, came to us uh, by way of our partnership with Comcast and delivered a wonderful uh, speech at the opening ceremony for Patriot Day. And you also uh, did a masterful job of ringing the honor bell, Robert. You had a, quite a crowd around you for it. wasn't that. bad. That was pretty good for an English guy. When you told about a bell, it's in honor of somebody. So it's really emotional and it's really meaningful. And one of the things that, the, as a veteran, you know, on Patriot Day right here, you, you don't want to mess it up. And I was like, oh, phew, he said, oh, it's easy. Uh, not so much easy, but, but I wanted the, the bells to ring and the echo to last as long until he was ready to give the next signal. And, and I, think, I think I did okay. But I think bad. you did. It came through. It showed through uh, that the resonance was lingering and appropriately yeah. long and people were reverent. They were silent because we all get the honor bell and exactly who that tolls for. So uh, from all of us to you, thank you for doing that job so well. No, it's very it's appreciated. Honor, and sure. uh, just throwing in that uh, Chris Boyer, who you met, is a veteran Marine, a wonderful guy, and they are leading the charge for a second honor bell. $1.2 million that's going to cost, and they're a third of the way there. They're making progress. So they're going to get wow. it done. So there'll be another one and another one after that until they have the whole country covered with honor bells. I love it. Yeah, it'll be a wonderful thing. So, Robert, among other things, uh, we all know you from your um, status as a celebrity chef. You own multiple restaurants and several businesses. Fit Crunch, one of my favorite protein products that you offer. Uh, so I, I think you even gave some away when you were here uh, for Patriot's Day. I have something good for you, actually. Um, and it was supposed to come out on the 11th of September, and I poo-pooed that idea because that's a very sacred day to me. Um, so it's coming out on the 12th on Amazon. It's uh, a wafer bar. We've got to send you some. They are absolutely ridiculous. We would enjoy oh. a taste of those. And, and what a lot of people that don't know is everything that we do, Fit Crunch, the liquor, the TV, the books, the clothing line that we have that we serve as the military, a portion of all that goes to our foundation to make sure that we can not only help our own foundation, but also grant other people uh, help. So. Yeah. Uh, Robert Irvine Foundation, a very potent organization. How long has it been stood up? Since 19, uh, so 2014. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 10 and years. And all service and support and saluting yeah. everybody who served our country. And yeah. man, you speak the language because you lived it. Yeah. I think, I think you, as a service man or woman, when you, when you get out, uh, maybe differently, well, I know it's different here, but when I got out of the military in England, there was no transition. There was no, hey, this is what you do and this is how we're going to help you. It was like you sign your papers and off you go on your own. Uh, and that was a shock for me because I'm used to having a team, I'm used to having a support system, and then all of a sudden you're in the big bad world alone. Um, and, uh, you know, I went from job to job cooking and, and doing what I do, but I got to tell you, here in the States, they do such a great job of the transition process. Uh, there's no reason that people can't get help. That is very true. And it's very hard for um, military who are so deeply connected and in special areas like you were 
to rediscover their purpose or yeah. repurpose their purpose. If you don't make that step and you don't have the help to do it, you can get lost. And Robert, one of the things that's very close and near and dear to your heart is suicide awareness and prevention. You yeah. Gave a big number today when you were. Uh, yeah. I, you know, I get so fed up of, of all these statistics that people keep saying, oh, 22, 22, 22. It's over double that a day. And, and I feel it's up to us. Uh, and, and not only, uh, in, in the veteran community, but also in the active duty community. You know, we've had many suicides in the active duty community, uh, on warships, on land bases of young kids. Uh, and, and I've got my own theories on it. Um, I think a lot of it is to do with pay, with food, with accommodation, uh, with um, deployments, and then the leadership part. You know, I, I wrote a book called Overcoming Impossible, and it talks about four things. Number one is empathetic leadership. When I joined and when Bob joined, or Robert or Colonel, we, it was different. You know, we, we, you could scream and shout and jump and, you know, all those kind of things. And I feel that the middle management of our military is sometimes, not all of it, so I'm not painting that picture, but is a little time brutal with, with some of these folks. And I've witnessed that. Um, and I think we've got to change that behavioral moment because not only when they get out, then, then it goes into the mind, well, I failed. I joined the service. I served a year, eight months, whatever, and then I failed because I couldn't handle it. Then they go into depression, and that's where we have the issues of the civilian side of it happening when they come out. You know, when you, and, and, I, and I tell everybody this, and, I, and, and you know this, uh, collectively sitting in this room, when you're part of something bigger than yourself, the team, you don't have to worry. Then all of a sudden, yeah, you've made the transition and you're out, but then what? You don't have that support system. Yes, you have your family, of course, but you don't have your best buddy that you can, you can vent to or, 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 or go for a beer or, or around a golf or whatever to vent what your frustrations are. And I think that's got to change also. You know, one of the sergeant majors, and I said this earlier, Michael Grenson said, you know, know your squad. You better know the people you work with and around you because yeah. we, don't, we don't walk a, a mile in their shoes and we don't know what's going on with them. Now, Robert, you so, are a gifted strategist, a logistician. Uh, you're all kinds of things, but you're a visionary and you love to force multiply. And what I'm coming to now is your partnership with Comcast. Yep. It's with Mount Carmel. And with that, I want to turn it over to you and Colonel McLaughlin here and uh, have you guys both talk about that partnership, those relationships, and the outcome uh, on behalf of our military-connected community of all those efforts. Well, let me start with, with Comcast and, you know, first for bringing Robert here. And I learned about your foundation and how important it is to work with each other, right? Um, when we talk about suicide prevention, courage, compassion, connection, right? Robert said it, the, com the connection piece of that is so critical. And to have um, events like this today where, um, where Comcast is a big supporter, Robert got to speak. If, and, and when you look at the field where all the veterans and service members came through in their car and the people that volunteered, you know, the, the missing element that people don't talk about is those volunteers out there are people that are connecting. They're, they're veterans, they're family members, they're giving back to the community. And when I first started Mount Carmel, I, I didn't realize the importance of that. But when you provide an opportunity for someone to have purpose 
it's it's huge. So these partnerships that provide resources lead to um, connection, lead to compassion, and and ultimately courage, courage to ask for help, courage to ask somebody if they need help. I mean, those are all in play and in play today. I'm going to jump over and kiss you right now. You just hit one word, which was so meaningful to me, purpose. We have to give a veteran a purpose uh, when they leave the service, even though they've got the family. If there's no purpose, that's where we lose them. Um, and I think that's, that's a great word. Uh, and whether that's a job skill training, whether that's volunteering, giving, again, something to become part of a team that they used to be part of. And I think for me, Comcast, and the reason I've been with Comcast for 11 years, and no, I don't cook, although I do cook, but I teach technology to, to small, medium, and large-sized businesses. And when I go into these, these companies, and I can talk about them, Walmart, American Airlines, where I have such huge veteran communities, it's amazing because not only does Comcast have VetNet, which is their, their world for veterans to connect, no matter where they are in the country or around the world, they can connect through VetNet um, and talk to each other. So it's, it's, it's purpose-driven, but now American Airlines has done the same, Walmart's done the same, and, and bigger companies are doing the same. Uh, and now with, with Comcast hiring spouses, military spouses, which to me is another great coup because you put a military spouse and a military uh, uh, member, no matter male, female, no matter what, they're going to bring value to your business. Because they know leadership. You might have to teach them how to, you know, wire something or, or, or turn something. But their leadership it, it, it is so good. We need that in civilian life. And I know my business, I have 11 companies. You mentioned my companies. I have all um, service members in my, my companies because I know what to do and I know I trust them. I've had a Marine with me for 27 years. Um, he knows how I like things. He knows how to get it done. And literally, the President of the United States can call. He can jump on a plane, get to a place, prep a meal before the President lands the next day. And we do that across the globe. Uh, again, military, bigger team, bigger resources. Another thing I love what you said, Bob. Number one, you're running an amazing operation here. I, I have to say that. But I love the fact that you are willing, and not many people are, by the way, so that's why I'm excited, to, I always say, together we can achieve more, right? Some, some foundations don't like that. Some foundations want to be on their own and stand out on their own and not um, um, coexist, as I say. You know, I offer my help to everybody. Like, hey, if I can do something for you, here's my card, call me, we'll figure it out, whatever you need. And if it's fundraising, okay, we can do that too. So, so I love that you do that with so many people that we met outside um, giving the food away. And, and when, when we did the, the Patriot Day Give Back opening ceremony, the partners that were there that, that we recognized, th those are just a handful. But, but the other thing that came to mind, if, as we walked around, you could see the veterans. It was a military operation, yeah. right? They're all volunteers. You know, every time you walk, somebody told you to move. Right. There was some and I know most of them were 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 vets taking charge, having a purpose. I mean, I mean, today is just, you know, it's just one one event that brings people together 
um, for a cause that's so important, you know, and I, and I tell people this is the first day of Suicide Prevention Month. Mm. And when people ask me about food, I, I talk about the economy, the impact to military families. Food is just a way. It's just one thing that is going to lessen the burden, rent assistance, something that gives somebody hope where they might be getting hopeless. And, and I think today we probably save some lives. And, and, that, and that is what I said last night at the dinner I was producing. What, what is food? Food is hope. That's what food is. You put a plate of food and have the tough conversation over a plate of food or a cup of coffee or, or whatever. Food is the barrier breakdown. It allows you. But, you know, we're in this situation. We just talked about inflation. You know, a case of eggs for me in a restaurant used to be $40. Now they're $180. Right, we can't afford to buy food. I see, I see kids all the time. I told you I was at Fort Hood doing a food drive there, a food giveaway, um, with thousands of, of people. You know, our military has one in four food insecurity, E five through E one. This is the United States of America. How can that happen? You know, and I and I'm sitting on the highest seat in the Pentagon and saying, "Hey guys, this is a problem." We need to change it. And they're listening. They're, they're looking at food insecurity, uh, Secretary Austin, uh, CQ Brown, all, all the big chiefs. Um, you know, but it's it's a bureaucratic system. It takes time, right? And unfortunately, unlike me with my companies where I can get it done overnight, it's, it's an act of Congress to get things done. I mean, that's why, you know, especially in this community, which is a hugely militarily friendly community, many of the public... Um, organizations learned quickly, especially during COVID, as money was coming into the system, how to partner with organizations like Mayan. Uh, we we gave out $800,000 in the first seven months of 2020 for rent assistance quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, and as a matter of fact, from this Patriot uh, Day event, we started in March of 2020 bi-weekly food drives. It's not like this. There's no ceremony, but we do it every other week with Karen share to, to, to make sure that people get that. Yeah. And we were doing the same thing with gift cards. I went to Walmart. Somebody thought it was fraudulent, but I bought literally thousands of 50, 100, $500 gift cards from Walmart, and we would send them to veterans, right? Here, what do you need? You need what? So I think, I think food obviously is huge. Rent is obviously is huge um, because it's a safe space. Um, but again, you know, there's so many there's so many organizations that are out there, uh, and if they stopped and thought for one second and helped each other, our reach would be far greater. Absolutely. Um, to to lower, and I always tell people since we're in the business, um, our vets and military don't want to ask. Um, there's shame in asking, so we try every day to make it easy. I mean, everyone who came through the line today, we were thanking them. Right, because we're we owe you, right? Yeah. We owe you, we owe them. So, so to me, the more we can do with partners, you know, especially now, September, October, November, you get into the holiday season. Depression for many goes up. Yeah. Um, the need for stuff and the expectation goes up. So that we really try to go to battle stations even more to reach out gift cards. We do a, a turkeys for troops, small gesture, but it provides yeah. something. So we're. We're just excited that today's kind of starting this season of of giving, of of giving back to people, and hopefully people will give so that we can do that. Yeah. 
how do we invite and encourage the community to get more involved to um, serve and support and salute those who have taken such good care of us? To me, it's really simple. Um, and, and the one group that does it so well, um, and I wish most people would do it in, in their different states, the Medal of Honor Society does something with schools where they walk in, the, the Medal of Honor recipient walks in, spends a whole day there, and, and we also uh, put, put those kids uh, from certain f- schools on flights with veterans to go to, to you know, Folds of Honor Day or, or, or to the museum, World War II Museum in, in uh, New Orleans or to D.C. You know, I think education, just like fitness education, just like food and nutrition education, um, in England we do that. In Europe we do that. Um, wars are a big deal, obviously, in, in, in Europe uh, because we had big wars, World War One, World War II. Um, and I think we've got away from that um, explaining, you know, nobody knows about Vietnam except the Vietnam veterans um, who were treated so poorly, and you know that when they came home. And I think what we're going to see as we start to see World War II veterans, World War One passing on, and there's not many left um, now, You, I, I hope that the Vietnam veterans get more recognition for what they went through that they didn't get when they came home. And I think the more we educate school children, the, you know, that grow up to be productive adults and have kids of their own and, and, and tell stories. And I think we do that really well. The Medal of Honor does it really well. But I remember being in Afghanistan and the two-star uh, general, Admiral Abrams, Abe Abrams, said to me, whatever you do, don't let the American people forget what we're doing here, right? And he swore, he swore to me as a two-star. He said, I want you to go back. And I said, I promise I will. And everything I've ever been on, uh, TV, newspapers, magazines, radio, I, I, I tell those words because I feel, and I said this earlier, I feel that sometimes we get so wrapped up in what we're doing that, that we forget we have a military. Just because you don't see it on the on the the TV or you don't see somebody in a wheelchair or you don't see, you know, a, a burn victim, um, we forget we have a military. And that's sad to me because I, I rejoice and I celebrate that every day and thank that. I'm thankful for that every day. And I'm from another country. You know, I came to the States, became a citizen because I believe in the American dream. And I believe that if you work hard and you're given opportunities, and I believe everybody should get opportunities, regardless of, you know, race, color, religion, how much money you've got, where you live, we should all have the same opportunity um, to, to, I don't know, make a difference. I, I think, and it never happened, or maybe it won't in my time, but I think there should be a national draft. Not to be deployed, but I think there should be a draft here, and people should pick a service to go into, stay in a home uh, duty service or a Red Cross, or they should have two years of service in this country where where they learn and, and learn about teamwork and camaraderie and, and respect and honor, dignity, all the things that we talk about in the military. Yeah, I mean, when Kennedy said it in 62, ask not, what, you know, in that culture, it, it's so important. You know, 1% have served on, on active duty. Most you know, veterans in active duty aren't asking for anything. It's an honor for them to serve. You talked about the call to action, right? You know, you saw it today, people coming out and volunteering. But we, we and Robert, I hadn't thought about it, uh, about 
what else can we do through our work to educate our um, children, right? To make sure that they understand that freedom isn't free and, and that there's, you know, do something to give back uh, to our great nation um, that's the government, you know, by the people, for the people. And I, I, yeah. I, I, did, have you ever watched a, a, um, a documentary called Paper Clips? Yeah. I haven't, no. You've watched it? Yep. Just you should watch it. And what, what was so important about this, and I'll tell you why, because it, it goes into this message. Um, I can't tell you where the school is, but school had a summer project. They wanted to figure out how to what what does six million look like? Talking about six million Jews that were that were slaughtered and murdered in in the wars, and they said, "Oh, let's collect rubber bands. Let's collect this. Let's do this." Eventually, it came to paper clips. Uh, it got the attention of not only uh, Bill Clinton, um, but lots of veterans across the world. And the German Chancellor sent um, a caboose that used to transport the Jews um, from to Auschwitz, basically. And it's now a museum. But the story is, is about education, right? This teacher wanted to show about the Holocaust and say, look, six million, and the kids didn't understand what six million was. And now this documentary is, is I show it to everybody because I think it's such a powerful message of, of you know, what, what, Hitler was then and how persecution and hatred and all those things happen. And that's, it's almost shocking people to learn if, if that sounds really strange when I say that, but you know, I just come back, I was in Belsen, I was in Auschwitz, you know, when nothing flies and nothing grows and nothing, literally no ants, no nothing. And it's such a somber place. I mean, I was in tears the whole time I was there, just the thought process. And I think that's that's what I want to convey is your mom, your dad, your brother, your sister, your grandfather, your grandma, your aunt. Queen Elizabeth II served as an ambulance driver at 16 years old. You know, uh, the longest reigning monarch in history <clears throat> until the end the military is such a special place for her um, as it is for me. I get up every morning. People say, well, you, what are you doing today? Well, I'm going to three bases in that country, two in that country. It's it's a pride thing. I am so proud as an English guy. Every time I walk into the White House or to the Pentagon or to the, the Fort Sill, Oklahoma, last week or wherever, people say, well, you're a chef. I mean, yes. But when I cook, I give you my heart in that food. And it could be a hot dog, a piece of chicken, a, a hamburger. It's, it's not what I'm cooking. It's who I'm cooking for. And I, I get such a great sense of pride. And when we do these dinners, afterwards, I sit with a team. I'm like, you know, we just fed 3,000 people in this space, in the jungle or, or wherever. And I come home and tell my wife, and my wife's Canadian. She never understood... Uh, a, lives in America now, obviously a citizen, but uh, as a Canadian, never understood what the military does. And I, I literally took her to Afghanistan, to Mosul, with the Chairman of Joint Chiefs, Joe Dunford. And he called me before Christmas, and I've got, I'm doing a talk show, literally, and he said, I've got this idea. I said, I'm in, whatever. I called my wife, I said, hey, I'm going to Iraq. Um, 
And she said, well, what about your family? I said, well, Christmas can wait. The troops are more important. She said, well, if you're going, I'm coming. Uh, and I said, no, you're not going to, not to Mosul. There's a lot of stuff going down. <laughs> and she said, well, no, I'm going. And I called Joe Dunford, and he said, yeah, it would be a great morale booster. And she came. And after that trip, she really understood why I spent 345 days a year on the road and 150 of those on different bases. Now she gets it, you know. And, and I think, again, education. She's 42 years old. She didn't know that. So if she didn't know it from another country, our kids don't know it. Yeah, it's really um, important. And when you mentioned Dunford, I was with him. I, I think I was in uh, Mosul when you came. Uh, great Marine, right? Yeah. What an what a awesome leader. Um, what a great example. I was also with him in Iraq. So you also mentioned leadership, yeah. right? And um, I think not just military leadership, but you know, you, the leadership in Comcast, the, yeah. the people that want to bring these things together. <clears throat> it, really, it really starts there. I mean, the call to action is with, um, you heard Kevin Shaughnessy talk about other heroes, not just military heroes. It, it's got to be a combination, right, of people coming together. So that's, to me, the part of the call to action. Gentlemen, very sadly, we're out of time. But uh, Robert, you're going to meet a very special family here not long from now. Uh, they're a Gold Star family, and we are honored that you're willing to sit and give them a few minutes of your time. That is a gift for them and for us for you to do. I'd like to make an observation about the two of you. And uh, here's why. Robert, I sit with a lot of people. I, I'm very blessed and very privileged to talk to a lot of great people. You two are on that list, of course. And, and, but what I've noticed about you both are two things. You light up when you talk about your worlds and what you're doing. And you are both, I could sum you up in one word, selfless. I, and that is what, Robert, I, I read coming from you when you talk about maybe we should have compulsory time in the service to learn the art of selflessness, to bring that back to our culture. Mm -hmm. Because that, Bob and Robert, is what makes a servant heart and a servant leader. Yeah, you're driving me in tears here. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> if I lost, and, and you said celebrity, and I hate that word, but unfortunately I am, you know, with 170 countries and a billion viewers every week, you you can't go anywhere. I hate the I hate the name, but what that that allows me to do is have a platform for change, and I use that, and I take that really seriously. And my wife and I always say, and this she's very famous in her own right, she's a professional wrestler, Hall of Fame wrestler. And she always says to me, you know, if all this went away and we didn't have a house and we didn't have whatever, as long as we were sitting on the beach cooking hamburgers, making sure we took care of our military, the rest don't matter. And I and I believe that. My wife has never been a materialistic thing, nor have I, uh, person. And I think the more we give, the more we receive. You know, and it's elation. And I see it in your face. I see it in your face. When we do something and it, and it's finished, you have an action report after after action report because that's what we always do. What yep. could we do better? But you're looking like, okay, four or 500 families got food today. They can live for another couple of days, another week, another, you know, without stress. Um, and I think that's really important. Um, it gets me out of bed every day. And, and believe me, some days I don't want to get out of bed. <laughs> I travel so much that sometimes I'm tired and I know that, hey, somebody is, is expecting me to be somewhere. And, uh, and it makes a difference. And I think we would be remiss if we didn't nod to Ryan, your personal assistant who's been with you for some 13 years. <laughs> he shared with me and he said he was one of the first 
I think it was your number three hire when you were first getting started. Yeah. And, and uh, I took Brian's, him to Afghanistan too. Yeah. And his mother told me, don't get him killed. Well, compliments, man. You guys are a great powerhouse of a team and, and you're both, uh, Ryan's been great to work with, very accommodating and we appreciate everything you've done, Ryan. I know people can't hear you right now, but you're nodding your head and, and we appreciate you. Bob, we're going to give you the last word today because we've got to wrap it up and uh, Mr. Irvine's going to go visit with the Gold Star family. Great. I look forward um, to to meeting with their family and showing Robert Moncarmo. But I would like to end this show by saying, Ted, thanks to you. This is your last show with Mount Carmel. You brought this podcast to where it is. You're moving on to some a great opportunity and you're ensuring that this is going to be able to continue. But just like I said, everyone else, when you get that name tag, there's no escape. You're, you're <laughs> always going to be part of the family. And and I want to thank you for your passion, your your commitment to making this a, a great show and reaching so many people. So, so from us, thank you. Bob, thank you. It's an honor. Uh, I am uh, I, in my whole professional life, have never, ever had a better time, never worked for two greater people than you and Paul. And without the contributions of the entire team here and their participation and their encouragement and their affirmation, the wind and Veterans Voice sales, Veterans Voice wouldn't be where it is today. So a group effort, a team effort, new team coming in, a new day, wonderful things coming for Veterans Voice, Mount Carmel Veterans Service Center. Uh, Robert, thank you for the gift of your company today and for your inspiration and encouragement. Colonel McLaughlin, um, thank you for the honor and privilege of working with you. This is never about me. It's always about the mission and the people we serve. I'm Ted Robertson, signing off for the last, last time with Mount Carmel Veterans Service Center. You've been listening to The Veterans Voice, presented by USAA. Veterans Voice is a service of Mount Carmel Veterans Service Center and originates from the Optum Podcast Studio located on the Mount Carmel Veterans Service Center campus in Colorado Springs, Colorado. The podcast channel is provided by Medicare Mentors. Computing power is provided by Technology Partner Colorado Computer Support. Additional funding is provided by Supporting Partner The Wire Nut Home Services. Veterans Voice airs on flagship station KRDL News Radio Sundays at 7.30 a.m. The podcast publishes Saturday at 8 a.m. and is available on all your favorite podcast apps.